Hello everybody and welcome in to episode number 282 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 1 Peter chapter 2 today and our focus is on how the church actually is a building, but not the way you think it is. The surprising truth revealed. Okay, I'm just kidding. That's a very clickbaity thing to say. Plus, we're going to talk about who you are. Well, we are a daily podcast where we get into God's Word and seek to understand it and live by it. Our website is Bible2021.com. I would encourage you to check it out. Most people, even Christians, when they hear the word church, they think of a local church building, probably the whole thing, the building and the people together. Um, on Sunday mornings in our household, we talk about going to church that day, and we usually mean a specific place located at 345 East Alvin Drive in Salinas, California, right across the street from the 2,100-plus person North Salinas High School. On Saturday night, we work to get the kids to bed earlier than usual because we, quote, have church tomorrow. But what is the church exactly? Is it a building, a Sunday morning service, a particular group of people who attend a particular service held in a building at a particular location? Well, all of those definitions kind of fall short of capturing exactly what the Bible says the church is. Now, I've said it probably a million times in a sermon, or I don't know, at least 27 times. The church isn't a building. The church is a people, which is true, of course, but Today, we're actually going to read how the church actually is a building. Well, at least a building of sorts, just not what you think of when you think of a building. Peter is going to help us understand today what a church is. And look, if we can grasp this, if we can understand it, we will be really far into understanding how the Bible describes the church. And this will hopefully dispel any false notions of church we might have, even if we might still kid tell the kids to go to bed at 10.30 on Saturday night because we have church tomorrow. So here's what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves, as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. (laughs) I love this. Jesus is a living stone, says Peter in a metaphorical sense. In fact, Jesus is the chief cornerstone of the building, as we're going to read in just a moment. What building? Well, the building that is the gathered church, a group of spiritual stones, which is what you and I are, metaphorically, we come together and form a spiritual house. And that's what the church is, a house, a building, but not a building of cement and wood and stucco and stained glass or whatever, but a building of people and not just any people. But we as the church, says Peter, are a holy priesthood. Now look, you got to get this. Don't misunderstand this because this is an absolutely game-changing, massive truth and so many of us miss it. The church is not a mixture of priests and lay people, a mixture of pastors and pew sitters or preachers and listeners. No, that's so inaccurate according to what the Bible teaches. The church, all of the saved by Jesus people, are together a holy priesthood. Again, not just the pastor, not just the priest, but everybody together is a holy priesthood. All who are saved by Jesus, according to the word of God, are priests in this New Testament that we are living in, the new covenant age we are living in, and all are called into a ministry. Well, that begs the question, what does a priest do? 
Well, here's an answer to that question from our friends at gotquestions.org, and they say that the Bible teaches that all Christians are priests. The church is actually a kingdom of priests. Under the Old Testament, the priests were chosen from the Levitical tribe and separate from the rest of Israel. Ezekiel Exodus 28 and 29 and Leviticus 8 describe the main priestly duties for the Levites to perform. These priests ministered in the temple where the Ark of the Covenant rested in a room called the Holy of Holies, which was closed off to everyone, but the high priest by a large, heavy, ornate curtain. The blood of sacrificial bulls was sprinkled on top of the Ark's mercy seat to atone for the sins of the people, but... When Jesus was crucified, the Bible tells us the curtain was split from top to bottom, showing that all believers now have direct access to God's presence. We approach God through faith in his son's blood instead of the blood of animals. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, we now have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. That's Hebrews 10, 19 through 20. The death of Jesus ended the Old Testament priesthood, replacing the endless animal sacrifices with one final perfect sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Now forgiveness is offered freely to all who believe in the risen Lord Jesus Christ as our sacrifice for sin. That is the good news that we Christians share as priests of God's kingdom. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Not only are we who are saved by grace by Jesus priests, but Peter goes on to say we're a special kind of priest. Verse 9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So we were chosen by God. He initiated salvation. We are together a holy nation. We are now the people of God, not just the Israelites. We Christians, no matter where you were born, we are inheritors of the promises of God to Abraham, not just the ethnic Jews, but those who have been grafted into God's people by Jesus. And beyond that even, we are a royal priesthood, king priests, because we are co-heirs with the king of kings priest, Jesus. Well, what's our job or our calling, our duty, our joy as a royal priesthood? Well, Peter tells us to proclaim the praises of God who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So never underestimate who you have become in Jesus and what your calling is. Your calling is more important than any politician or business leader or sports star or Instagram influencer or whatever. You are a priest of God and not just any priest, a royal priest. In fact, as Revelation 1 tells us, we are together a royal priesthood and a kingdom of priests. Revelation 1, 6 says, To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So who are you? You are a royal priest with a high calling, and we are together a kingdom of royal priests chosen by God that God is building us as living stones into his house. Hallelujah. 
Well, let's read our passage. This is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 in the English Standard Version. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if, when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the trees that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed." For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Amen. Well, we close out with our Bible memory passage for the month of October. It is 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Say it with me as we say it. Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Good day to you, friends. Happy Saturday and Godspeed.